Welcome to Nighttime. I'm Dave Wager, your host, coming to you from the studios here at Silver Birch Ranch on the campus of the Nicolay Bible Institute. Thanks for listening tonight. Nighttime is a half hour where we get to talk of serious things and not argue. My ultimate goal is to have you go to sleep or unwind at the end of a day by thinking things that are true and right and honorable. And if you disagree with me, that's very human of us. But I would ask that you go to God's Word and not me or anybody else and figure out what God is saying and respond to Him. In the end, if we're all looking to the Scriptures and responding to God, we're we're going to be winners. And there is a fight going on. Even as I look at what's going on at Silver Birch Ranch, I realize there's so much work that's going on here. It's sometimes hard to keep your focus because you can focus on the work that is at hand. And you can forget the reason why you do that work. There are moments where we as people get the purpose, the bigger picture, where we we understand what we should be doing and how we should be doing it. But there is a focus that we need to maintain. The focus on who God is, to know Christ, to make Him known. That's really the focus of all we do. Every building, every activity that we have is is focused on relationship building. We don't exist apart from that. Tonight I want to read 1 Corinthians 3, the chapter 2, 4, verse 1. And then highlight a couple verses and talk about the individual Amy Carmichael who thought about this passage in a very particular way. 1 Corinthians 3, 1-4-1 But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. And even now you are not ready, for you are still of the flesh. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not being merely human? What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed, as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation and someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it. For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, Each one's work will become manifest, for the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed by fire. 
and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is holy, and you are that temple. Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you thinks that he is wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is folly with God. For it is written, He catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, The Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, that they are futile. So let no one boast in men, for all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas, or the world, or life, or death, or the present, or the future. All are yours. And you are Christ's, and Christ is God's. Chapter 4 This is how one should regard us, as servants of Christ, and stewards of the mysteries of God. Servants of Christ, and stewards of the mysteries of God. Let me emphasize verses 10 to 15 once again, and then read an excerpt I have about Amy Carmichael that V. Raymond Edmond once wrote in his book, They Found the Secret. 1 Corinthians 3, 10 to 15, According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation, and someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it. For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest. For the day will disclose it, because it has revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. Amy Carmichael had such a moment. She was thinking about this passage. It was a dull Sunday morning, she recalled in Belfast. My brothers and sisters and I were returning with our mother from church when we met a poor, pathetic old woman who was carrying a heavy bundle. We had never seen such a thing in Presbyterian Belfast on Sunday, and moved by sudden pity, my brothers and I turned with her, relieved her of her bundle, took her by her arms as though they had been handles, and helped her along. This meant facing all the respectable people who were, like ourselves, on their way home. It was a horrid moment. We were only two boys and a girl and not at all exalted Christians. We hated doing it. Crimson all over, at least we felt crimson soul and body of us. We plodded on, a wet wind blowing us about, 
and blowing, too, the rags of the poor old woman, till she seemed like a bundle of feathers, and we were unhappily mixed up with them. But just as we passed the fountain, recently built near the curbstone, this mighty phrase was suddenly flashed as it were through the gray drizzle. Gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble. Every man's nephit for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is, if any man's work abide. If any man's work abide. I turn to see the voice of that spoken with me. The fountain, the muddy street, the people with their politely surprised faces. All this I saw, but nothing else. The blinding flash had come and gone. The ordinary was all about us. We went on. I said nothing to anyone. But I knew that something had happened, that had changed life's values. Nothing could ever matter again but the things that were eternal. That afternoon, the 18-year-old Amy shut herself in her room, talked to God, and settled once and for all the pattern of her future life. Interesting passages that come to mind at times where we think are innocent in some way. There she was with her brothers, helping an elderly lady do something she needed help with, but those who were at church found it odd. Is it really odd to break into your day and your routine to help somebody who needs help? Or is that Christ-like? Is it odd to rearrange your schedule for somebody because of their need? Or is that Christ-like? Amy's conviction, as so many, came while she was serving. She was serving this lady. And during that time of service, God spoke to her heart. I've seen that time and time again here at Silver Birch Ranch, that when people come up and they begin to serve, they begin to be in a position where God speaks to their heart. When you live in an environment where you're trying to be served, God doesn't speak to you in that environment. You'll be lonely, you'll be tired, you'll find emptiness. But you won't find God when you're trying to serve yourself. When you serve others, and you do it joyfully because you're in a position where you can, that's meaningful. God uses the classroom of lonely service to teach us what we need to learn. I wonder, when God speaks, are we in the proper place to hear? When we serve, we are properly positioned. When we serve money, we're not in the proper position. When we serve self or comfort or fame, we're not positioned right. I thoroughly enjoy working with young people and trying to help them see that God loves them and has a plan for them. And in the fertile grounds here on Silver Birch Ranch's property, where they get to come and serve, I see God speak to their hearts. Too often we place ourselves in positions where God doesn't speak. Oftentimes in the Bible, we're told 
about farming illustrations. When you think about farming illustrations, you can't help but think about environment and controlling your environment. You see, around us, there are all kinds of things that can zap our energy, our strength. You and I only have 100% energy. You don't have 110%. You only have 100. You only have 100% of emotional energy. You only have 100% of financial energy, if you want to call it that. When you spend 100% of your money, you don't have any left. When you spend 100% of your emotional reserve, you don't have any left. When you spend 100% of your time, you don't have any left. You and I need to be careful what we absorb into our minds and what we do with our time. Amy Carmichael was doing what she should have been doing. She was helping somebody who needed help on a Sunday, even though all her friends didn't. They didn't really participate with her, but she participated. I don't know what her brothers were thinking. I don't know if they had an aha moment like she did but they certainly were doing the right thing as well. You and I may not feel like doing right every day, but when we do, we set the stage and the environment so that God can speak to our hearts. The fourth chapter of 1 Corinthians goes on to say, This is how one should regard us as servants of Christ and as stewards of the mystery of God. If somebody's going to look at us and see us in our daily lives, what do they think of us? If we're healthy, they see us as servants of Christ. They see us as those who know God and guard the information that we have and make sure that we talk about God correctly. We're stewards of the mysteries of God. Stewardship. A steward is a manager of a household. The one who manages the household affairs, the steward, the manager, the superintendent, the one that was watching over all that happened. That's who we are. The Apostle Paul says that this is how someone should regard us or think of us as servants and as stewards. If someone thinks of you today, are those the two words that they would use? or words that would mean the same. I'm not sure that people would use the word servanthood or stewards as they think of us today, but if they had to describe you or describe me, would they use those two words? Once again, the Apostle Paul said in verse 1, this is how one should regard us as servants of Christ and as stewards of the mysteries of God. Verse 2, moreover, It is required of stewards that they be found faithful. It is required of stewards that they remain faithful, that they do what is right regardless of the circumstances of life, regardless of what everyone else does. One day we're told that those who do what they should do will be rewarded by God himself. I'm not 100% sure what the reward is, but this passage that we read tonight talks about the idea that there'll be those who lived their whole life and wish they lived it differently. They lived it focusing on things that were temporal, and when 
They died and the world itself was destroyed and a new one put in its place. All that they lived for was gone as well. They had nothing left. There was no reward. But the one who lived properly, the one who lived as, I would say, a servant and a steward, the one who was faithful to God in their life, was greatly rewarded. When the fires of destruction took place, what they lived for wasn't destroyed. Now, I can only speak of this in my human terms as Dave Wager, not as God, but as I think about this, the only thing I understand that won't be destroyed are people. There can be people in eternity because of your life. There can be people who you treasured because of their value to God, who are in eternity because you saw it fit to talk to them of their need of Jesus. I can't take my car with me. I can't take my house. can't take your cup of coffee. You can't take anything you physically see. But you can take friends and family with you for eternity. Perhaps that's the reward. Perhaps that's the only reward we need. I really don't know. I do know that God has mentioned throughout Scripture that those who are faithful, those who listen, they will be rewarded. And if I want to be one who's rewarded by the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the the King of the universe, the creator and sustainer of life, if I want to be rewarded by him one day, I need to be one who is a servant on earth and a steward of his mysteries. I need to be faithful. I need to understand that there are many distractions in this life that can have me do things that are meaningless and worthless. I I could do that. But those things one day will disappear. I could either join my Heavenly Father empty-handed or join Him with many who have come to Him because He used me as His servant, His steward. I see what Amy Carmichael was talking about here. This is how one should regard us as servants of Christ and as stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required of stewards that they be found faithful. Verse 3, But with me it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or any human court. In fact, I don't even judge myself. I don't even judge myself. You know, I would like to judge myself, but I think I would lie to myself. I always do things I'm supposed to do. I think the way I'm supposed to think, and I act the way I'm supposed to act. You see, I'm not capable, I'm not in a position where I can actually judge myself, because it's not like I get up in the morning and say I'm going to do something evil today. I have good reason for doing what I do. But one day when I stand before God, regardless of what I think or feel or even want to say, whatever he says is going to be accurate and right. And I will have to listen 
and acknowledge the fact that he saw me completely. The way I am, the way I was. The thing I will count on that day is his mercy and his grace. He won't be talking to me as a foreigner, as a stranger. He'll be talking to me as a child of his, as a son whom he loves, who he created. He'll be talking to me in terms of my faithfulness to him. He could say, well done, or he could say, nice try, I guess. I don't know what else he would say, but I do know that God doesn't lie. He's not going to go, well done, if it wasn't well done. I know I'm going to want to hear him say that. I wonder all the thoughts that went through Amy Carmichael's head as she read this passage of Scripture. As she thought of this passage and rearranged her life so that it would reflect the truths that are in this passage. I wonder how many who live in the United States of America, when they face God, will realize that their resources were all wasted, that they're all gone, that they all got burned up. And will wish that they could go back and reinvest their talents and their time and their their resources in a way that actually would yield results. I don't know. I'm not one that could ever judge that. I don't I'm not even sure I can judge myself. The Apostle Paul says in verse 3, but with me it's a very small thing that I should be judged by you. He, obviously, if he's not in a position to judge himself, he's, you're not either. You, don't, you, you, have, you have less knowledge of why I do things than I do. And I'm probably confused as to why I do things. Verse 4, for I am not aware of anything against myself, but I am not thereby acquitted. I'm not aware of anything against myself, but I am not thereby acquitted. It is the Lord who judges me. What a clear statement. Let me read verses 1 to 4 so that you have the context. This is how one should regard us, as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required of stewards that they be found faithful. But with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or any human court. In fact, I do not even judge myself. For I am not aware of anything against myself, but I am not thereby acquitted. It is the Lord who judges me. I am thankful that one day the Lord will judge me for several reasons. Number one, he knows my frame. He knows my heart. He knows what I've been about. I may lie to myself, but God has never lied, and he has seen the truth all the way through my life. And when he judges me, he will be 100% right on what he says. I've never had a private moment. I've never been alone. God knows my thoughts. He knows my words. He knows my actions. He knows my motives. He knows more about me than I know about me. So when he judges me, he will judge me correctly. I will also be judged on what Jesus did for me. 
I will never stand before God without the payment for my sin already being made by Jesus Christ, his Son. And therefore, I am a joint heir, a co-heir with Jesus. So when I stand before God, not only will he talk to me directly, and not only will he have seen me and be 100% right in everything he says, but he will talk to me as his child whose sin has been paid for completely by his son Jesus, which puts me in a position to be a joint heir or a co-heir with Jesus. So those two things are good. Not only that, he will be one who understands not only the mercy that he extended to me, but the grace that he extended to me. Any position that I have in this life, I don't deserve. The most important position is that of being a child of the king. God is my heavenly father. The creator and sustainer of all life is my father, who I get to go to and talk to about everything and anything at any moment. As I think about that, I think about having so much more than I ever deserved, and that is the definition of grace. So I get to enjoy his mercy as I stand before him, and I get to enjoy his grace. The sins that were in my life in the past will never come up. Psalm 103, they'll, they're separated from God's mind as far as the east is from the west the opportunities that I have enjoyed have been given to me because of God's grace. And now I get to stand in his presence where he has gone to prepare a place for me. So yes, one day I will be judged by God, but it's not a fearful moment. It's not that I would ever pride myself in needing God's mercy or his grace. I just see God as being merciful and kind and just and graceful. And if I had to be judged by somebody in this world, he's the one I want to be judged by alone because he's the only one that's going to get it right. Oh, I'm not indicating at all that I've done things right. I am sinful and even my best works in life are like filthy rags according to Isaiah. But it isn't my works he's going to look at. It's the finished work of his son Jesus he's going to look at. And because of that, I get to enjoy eternity as his child. That's a very special position to be in. The Apostle Paul understood this. He said, this is how one should regard us as servants of Christ, as stewards of the mysteries of God faithful stewards. But with me, it's a very small thing that I should be judged by you. See, it's, it, I'm never going to be judged by another human. Well, it's not that they don't judge me today, but God has made it clear that you shouldn't judge other people. Or remember, judgment is an overt action. If I steal something and you tell me I shouldn't steal, that isn't judgment. 
That's telling me something that's very clear in Scripture. Judgment has to look at the heart and why we do things and what motivates us. I think we have a hard time understanding that about ourselves, much less me trying to understand it about you. Amy Carmichael had some good thoughts here, and these verses changed the direction of her life. We need to be those people who live in a way that when this life is over, the treasure in our life goes on for eternity. Not something that gets burned up, the wood, hay, and stubble, but the gold and the precious stones. Let's love God, walk with God, and live in a manner that shows that we are servants of His. Stewards of the mysteries of God, but not just stewards, but faithful stewards. Once again, I'm Dave Wager here in the studios at Silver Birch Ranch. Thank you for sharing the last half hour with me. Good night for now. Thank you.